Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. Really humbled to share this information with you guys because coming off of the long weekend, long Veterans Weekend, right? Definitely humbled, um, just in awe at the feeling, you know, of the sacrifice that, you know, so many folks give, um, you know, each day just to maintain uh, the liberties and the freedoms that we have in our country. And, um, man, it is, uh, it's something, you know what I mean? Just kind of think about some of the things that people give up, you know, um, and having been a service member myself and, and traveled to many bases around the world, um, I know that some of the living conditions are not the best, right? You know, I know that, um, some situations are not the best. And, uh, if you're listening to this and you know exactly what I'm talking about, you know, Hey, Hats off to you. Um, it can definitely get rough, but you know what? Uh, we definitely appreciate it, and um, and we are going to do our best to serve you to make sure that you can benefit from the freedoms that this country promises. Right? Because no service member should feel that they do not deserve the same, you know, chances at freedom, at financial freedom. Right? That the rest of the country you know, gets to experience, you know, I mean, as a service member, you do not have to be a slave to this country. And I always preach that. Uh, I firmly believe that, right? I think that, you know, the lack of financial education in the military is one of the biggest causes for, you know, service member or sorry, veteran poverty in this, in this um, country. And, and I think a large part of it too, you know, at least now is the, the need for, the education, you know, sometimes you don't really know that you need it if you don't know it's there, right? <laughs> so, um, so that's fair, right? But, um, but you know, I, I think that there are many factors, many causes. The but the lack of information and the lack of education is is a big one, and so it is our mission um, to make sure that we change that. You know, we want to widespread this information out as much as possible. And we love and we appreciate it when you guys share our program and our mission with others that you know can benefit from it because it is important. You know, we have over 40,000 homeless veterans that are out there on the streets still today, right? And it's a significant increase from 2010, right? 2010, you know, I think they launched an initiative across the, the country you know, where they increased a lot of the services that would help take homeless veterans off the street, that would help provide them with, um, you know, f- not only food, not only shelter, but health care, but, you know, um, with uh, services for um, therapy and, and helping them transition, helping them get, you know, get back on their feet. Um, and it's been amazing. There are so many services out there. There are hotlines established um, that you know, if you're in need, if you're going through the, if you're if you're struggling, right before you even get to homelessness, you can call and you can find out what services are available to you um, to help out, and it's important. It's absolutely amazing the things that they have done, um, and we, our active duty passive income, have partnered with the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans. They have been kicking ass in this front since 1990, 
and their organization is incredible. Her and her team have been working tirelessly around the clock, um, a lot of which, you know, in their services, they do not get paid for, uh, which is phenomenal. Um, and so we support them 100%. We have opened up a donate tab on our webpage. If you go to www.activedutypassiveincome.com, uh, you can click donate and find out how to help support them and their mission. Um, we also have a link um, to their um, crowdfunding page in the show notes here. So you can go to the show notes, click that link, and you can go support there as well. Um, so we are behind them 100%, and we know that this mission is important. So, um, so you know, we encourage you guys to go out there, support this mission, and, um, you know, if, if, if your heart is in that place and you can do it, please, it would, it would be appreciated. Um, all right, so super long intro for today's lesson, but we're going to take a moment to talk about some of the common rumors or misconceptions in real estate. Um, I know that I've mentioned a few of them in multiple different podcasts, but I want to um, to kind of just take some time to reflect here and cover a lot of this stuff. If you have listened to all my podcasts, and you probably know all of what I'm going to say, if you're just tuning in, um, then this is definitely something that you know, you're going to want to hear because um, maybe, right, folks have mentioned these things to you or these are things that you've kind of grown to believe and you just assume that, okay, well, you know, this is real estate investing. Well, it's not, right? I mean, so first things first, people like to say that real estate is too difficult, right? Um, and then I got to counter with that and say, really? Okay, well, who told you real estate is difficult? You know, are you talking to someone who doesn't invest in real estate themselves? Or are you talking to someone who has invested in real estate themselves, got burned, and then quit? You know, you got to ask that question. Um, and that kind of goes to everything in life, right? I mean, things always seem difficult to those who don't actually do it, right? I mean, you can come up with many reasons as to why you don't want to do something, and you can just tag that, oh, it's too difficult. I don't want to take the time to figure it out. It looks way too complicated to me. No thanks, right? I mean, you know, and you can, you probably say that about a bunch of different things. I know I've said that about a few things. And, and even now, you know, it's a, ch- it's a challenge. I got to, I got to pause and say, wait, okay, why am I saying this? Is it too difficult because I know it's too difficult or is it too difficult because it just seems like it? And, you know, I just don't want to take the time to learn. I mean, so things are not for everyone, okay? So real estate's not for everyone, and that's okay, right? But, but don't classify it as too difficult and just assume or judge and label it and then go and tell everybody that you, that you think, oh, real estate's too difficult. I wouldn't recommend getting into it, you know? Okay, and that's, that's fine. If it's not for you, it's not for you. But don't, you know, take other people down with you. Real estate is not difficult at all. As a matter of fact, I thought it was too difficult myself, you know. And once I actually took the time to figure it out, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? And that kind of opened my eyes into at least, you know, looking at it from a different lens. And once I did, I was surprised to realize how easy it actually is. 
you know, <laughs> especially for us with our VA loan, when we can buy a house with zero money down, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And you definitely shouldn't um, just, you know, jump too quickly into an, an assumption, right? Another thing that people say is that real estate is too risky. Well, it actually isn't as risky as you would think. As a matter of fact, it's almost guaranteed in some sense, you know, because people always need a roof over their head, right? So, I mean, with that principle in mind, you can't go wrong in real estate. People will always need a roof over their head and people are, not everyone wants to buy a home. Right? A lot of people want to rent. So again, you go with that principle in mind and you really can't go wrong. You know, there are risky areas to buy in. Sure. Absolutely. You know, I mean, virtually any class A property is a risky investment. And what I mean by class A is, I mean, those properties that you see in those, you know, multi-million dollar neighborhoods, right? Or in those really fancy gated communities, right? I mean, because the only people that can afford to live there or afford to rent there, right, are folks that have a lot of money through, you know, white collar jobs in some way, shape or form. So if you have a lot of, you know, um, what do they call those things? Cutbacks, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not civilian yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> when you have a lot of cutbacks at your job and people start losing, you know, losing their income, guess what's not going to be paid? Uh, the rent. Even though typically, right, typically when people lose their jobs and they have other sources of income, you know, the rent is the first thing to get paid because, again, people want to, you know, afford the roof over their head. They, they think that that is the most important thing, um, right? At least, you know, statistics have shown. But the thing is that, you know, when you live in a white-collar community, you know, you are definitely going to consider moving someplace else that's cheaper, that's more affordable, if you've lost a large portion of your income coming in. Does that make sense? So investing in some of those blue-collar, you know, communities where, that housing cost is not as expensive and the rent is not as expensive, or even investing in multifamily properties, right? Those, you know, 20 or even 10, right? Those 10, 20, you know, 30 or you know, above units, you know, even investing in those are really smart because rents are usually in the hundreds, right? They don't even make the thousands sometimes, you know, and, and so all well, depending on where you're at, but yeah, you know, a whole lot cheaper to manage. Than for you know them to rent for people to rent out an entire home, maybe renting for fifteen hundred and above, um, might be a little bit much, right? So keep that in mind. Um, so you definitely want to make sure that you know your investment is sound, and you want to understand your market. You know that that's kind of where you take away some of that risk. Uh, but if you're but if you understand your market and you understand you know what goes into buying a property. It doesn't take much. All you got to do is just listen to some podcasts, maybe read a couple books and you're done, right? You can do it. Um, Even read one book. Pick one model, one strategy, and then just go with it. Done, right? Now, you talk about risky. You can put your money in the stock market, right? And 
if you are fully confident in that company's you know position then sure go for it right if you understand the company if you like you know watch them on a daily basis and and you are comfortable with the with the um trajectory that they're going great but that's one company are you going to do the same level of research for 10 companies for 20 companies right for all the companies that are inside your mutual fund are you just going to go off of some broker's word that okay well this is how the thing has been performing and so it's impervious to a recession. I don't know. You might want to check that again. And uh, I don't know enough about the stock market um, to really, you know, label it. But I will say that having invested in the stock market myself and having gotten burned even after doing research, right, I know that the stock market is very risky. So, you know, you got to pick your battles. I do still have some funds in the stock market. Yes, I've got my TSP, right? Uh, I invest in other markets, but, you know, it's very, very minimal compared to what I invest in real estate because I know it, I I study it, you know, I teach it. And, and to me, real estate is less risky. You know, it's more guaranteed. And I focus on that cash flow coming in each month, not the giant nest egg that I am eventually going to, you know, sell my investments and live off of for the rest of my life. Like, no, I do not plan on living off of anything I make from my, you know, retirement or my, uh, my stock market, you know, portfolio. No, absolutely not. I'm going to live off of the cash flow that my rental real estate gives me month to month because I know that it's going to come in because I invest to make sure that it comes in, Right. So again, it's all about what you're willing to uh, what you're willing to take on, what you're willing to study, and what you're willing to do. Okay. Now another another common misconception is you know you, in order to get into real estate you have to be a realtor. Like no, that's not the case. Okay. I know I've said that before, but you do not have to be a realtor to get into real estate. You know you can be an investor, and you don't need your license at all. You don't need to, you know, go through a 60-hour course and take a couple tests and then, you know, have some, you know, annual registration. Like, no, you don't. All you have to do is have a sound mind, right, to invest, and you got to come up with capital. The capital doesn't even have to be your own, right? That money that you use to buy a property does not have to be your own. It can be someone else's. You know, you just have to be able to connect the dots, Right, so if you played that little connect the dot game in school and you were good at that, then hey, real estate investing is for you. If you are not good at connecting the dots or maybe even coloring in between the lines in school, then maybe real estate is not for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm kidding, but you know, I mean, it's it is what it is. It really is that simple. I know it kind of I'm, I'm oversimplifying it, but at the same at the same point, I'm really not because. Once you've taken a little bit of time to to study it, you can see like, you know, it really isn't as hard as people make it sound. Uh, and especially for us as veterans with all the benefits that we have, the VA loan, right, and the BAH and on all this stuff. I mean, really, the government will pay for you to live. It will pay for your house. If you budget properly and you stay disciplined, the government will help you build wealth while you move from duty station to duty station. You just have to be smart and you have to buy right. You have to make sure that, you know, you, you know what you're doing. Don't just, you know, willy-nilly go and say, all right, I'm going to buy a big house, right? And then, then try and figure out how to afford it. 
No, that's not the case, okay? You want to go into the plan, and that's why we have our program set up, right? If you want to take our course, www.activedutypassiveincome.com, you can find our course there and take it, right? We show you a bunch of different strategies on how you can go about, you know, going, having a, making a plan and building your future. Hell, you can read our book, right? We launched that book out. It's on Amazon. It's super cheap. Go buy it and go read it, right? And then it'll at least, you know, give you some semblance of a game plan and you can understand what you need to do, but you do not have to be a realtor to be in real estate. And anytime you talk to people about real estate, I find it funny because, you know, they automatically assume that I'm a realtor. You know, I, I tell my, my friends and family, because um, you know, they ask me, oh, what are you doing when you when you get out of the military? Oh, I'm going into real estate, you know, or I am transitioning into real estate investing. Oh, you're getting your license? No, I am a real estate investor, right? <laughs> I am not a realtor yet, right? Now, understand uh, my personal goal is to get my license, but not necessarily to be a realtor, but because, you know, there is money that you leave on the closing table. If you have your license, you'll be able to capture some of that back right? Because you can be your own realtor in the transaction. So I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. You know, you don't, you can be a realtor if you'd like to, and there are pros and cons to each, but just understand that you don't have to be one when you're getting into real estate investing. Make sense? Okay. Last one I want to talk about is, you know, the common misconception that you have to go to the bank to buy a home when in fact you do not, right? So you can, go into real estate, not having any money, not having any access to capital through a bank or whatever, and you can still buy properties, okay? I know people who have done it. I have spoken about it many times on the podcast on how I've done it, right? You can go into a property and just say, okay, this is the purchase price, right? This is the down payment that I would need to give the seller. You work with the seller, you ask him or her, right, what they need, what they're looking for, why they want to sell, you figure out, you know, what it is that they're looking for and you connect the dots. Again, right, you have other investors who are willing to go with you on purchasing a home. You borrow their capital and you can go and buy that home. Or you can use a credit card, right? You can use a credit card to buy property. Who do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? If you have a high credit limit, um, let's say you've got $25,000 on your credit limit. Hey, great. You're going to buy a property that's worth $50,000. Right, that down payment, if it's going to be your personal residence, is 10%. That's $5,000. If you're going to buy it as an investment property, that down payment is $20,000. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it's 20%. It's $10,000, right? So if you have a $25,000 credit limit, you can afford that property to, right, to buy it as an investment. You know, you can find one of those websites or apps that can convert your credit card to cash, right? They're out there. You can go take that cash and you go put it down as an investment for this property. Or as a down payment for the property, done, right? You can negotiate an interest rate with the seller and then you can pay that seller interest over time from the rental income that you're getting. And boom, you've bought that property with zero money down. See what I mean? So there are ways you can figure this out, guys. You just have to get creative and you have to get educated. And we have an, an entire program established for this purpose. So you can definitely make it happen. Just don't get limited in your scope of view, okay? Scope of view can be very wide. 
Well, all right. That's going to do it. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and I appreciate your time. Happy Veterans Weekend. Really appreciate all the work that you guys do out there. You guys go out and support and sacrifice so much. And um, from fellow service members, we appreciate it. We know what you guys go through, so who ya? Um, hey, get excited, guys, because at the end of this week, we've got Clayton Morris coming onto the podcast. If you guys know who I'm talking about, he is the man, the myth, the legend. If you don't know who I'm talking about, get excited because you're going to learn all about him. He's an amazing guy. Um, also, reach out to us, right? We've got so much stuff going on uh, the Facebook community, right, behind the scenes. Come reach out and come connect. Uh, we've got so many people that have joined on the Facebook group now. It's insane. It's kind of blown up. But um, also come check out our website. If you're ready to take action, we will help you. www.activepassiveincome.com. We will see you there. <laughs>